mountains are still being moved. Hello, and welcome to Raising the Standard with Pastor Owen Moody of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. You're invited to join us each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for an anointed full-length message from Pastor Moody. After the message, we'll be back to let you know how you can contact us. On this podcast, Pastor Moody brings us a message entitled, The Defeat of Death. His scripture text will be taken from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 through 26. Here now... Pastor Moody. Um, I, I promise you I want to preach. I, I told the 6 o'clock this morning crowd that the resurrection changed everything. I, that was my title. This changes everything. And uh, those women went to the tomb perplexed, confused. Their Savior, Mary, can you imagine Mary? Gabriel had told her before he was born, you're going to conceive of the Holy Spirit. And she could tell you, I never knew a man, but I had a baby, and he was the son of God. And he never sinned, and he turned water to wine, and he worked miracles, and, and we, you know, he was going to save the Gabriel, Gabriel said he'll save the people from their sins. And she watched him die three days ago. Could you imagine the, the loss, the perplexity? And she went to the tomb with Mary Magdalene, <laughs> He cast seven devils out of her. <laughs> Y'all just going to have to bear with me this morning. I feel something stirring in this house this morning. And uh, then they went and told Peter, and they said it seemed to them like a tale that was being told. They couldn't believe it. Come on, they'd walked with him for three and a half years. They thought he was going to set up the kingdom. They even argued who, over who was going to get to sit at his right side. Now he's dead. And now these women come and say, he's gone. But the angel said, he's not here. He's risen. That changed everything. You hear me? That changed everything. And it changed everything for you and me. No matter what kind. That's why they were singing this morning, get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Some of you old people looking at them like, what's wrong with them? They done been brought out of a grave somewhere. Come on. And so we sung some old stuff and some new stuff, but it's all about the fact that he got up. He got up, amen. Touch your neighbor and say, he's out of the grave. He's on the throne. I dare you, tell him he's on the throne. Tell him he's getting ready to come back. The angel's licking his lips. He's getting ready to blow the trumpet. Woo, come on, somebody. I'm about to preach here in a minute. I'm just getting warmed up. How many is going to let me preach for about 30 minutes? Hold your hand up. How many is going to let me preach an hour? Oh, praise God. I promise I won't. All week the Lord has been dealing with me, and several days ago he spoke to me about what to preach in this service this morning. And uh, I mentioned the fact that the resurrection changed everything, but my title this morning is The Defeat of Death. The Defeat of Death. Look at somebody and say, death is defeated. So that means, I figured it out. If death is defeated, everything else is a cakewalk. If death is defeated, 
Satan has no power over you. But it's only defeated in Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Let's look at what Paul said in the whole chapter of 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians, Paul was dealing with the fact that somebody was preaching that there was no resurrection. So Paul began to address that. He told them what the gospel was. How many knows what the gospel is? He tells you in the first three or four verses of 1 Corinthians 15, it's the fact that Jesus died according to the scripture for our sins, was buried, and then rose again the third day. That's the gospel. That's the good news because death was defeated because he couldn't be holden by it. So I want to go to 1 Corinthians 15. If you want to stand with me one more time, that'll be for honor of God's word. We're going to start in verse number 20, and uh, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 20. Paul said, but now is Christ risen. I'm about to shout. I, I, I can just, that's enough right there, but I'm going on. But now is Christ risen from the dead and he's become the first fruits of them that were dead. All those old saints, amen, from righteous Seth all the way through the prophets, all of them that were in paradise, which was in the heart of the earth at that time. When Jesus rose, they came out. Can you say amen? And uh, he's become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man, Adam, that first man, came death, by man, Jesus, the last Adam also, came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, and afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Then comes the end, and when we shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and all power, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy, say this with me, the last enemy that shall be destroyed. Now, not just stopped or held back, but destroyed. How many is looking for a day when there's no more death? Can I tell you something? We're not in the land of the living going to the land of the dying. No, 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 no. You get that out of your head. We're in the land of the dying going to the land of the living. That's where we're going. Amen. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Preaching for a few minutes on the thought, the defeat of death. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the anointing that's in the house, for the singing, the testimonies, the preaching we've already witnessed and heard. Use us for a few minutes and bring somebody out of that grave. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. I want to tell you that, I don't know why they ever named it Good Friday, but the day that Jesus died on the cross, when he died, that moment was a very traumatic moment. It was traumatic for Mary. It was traumatic for John sitting there with the mother of Jesus. It was traumatic for the others who had followed him far off. Judas had hanged himself. It seemed like everything was in an uproar. It was not only traumatic to them, but the scripture said in Matthew 27 and 50, when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he yielded up the ghost. Remember, he said, no man takes my life, I lay it down. One of the things he said on the cross was, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. He yielded up the ghost. Watch this. When he did, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, giving us access to the presence of God. 
touch somebody and say, Jesus got out of the grave, but the Holy Ghost come out from behind the veil as well to be poured out on all flesh. And the earth, watch this, the earth shook. This was traumatic to the very earth itself. Rocks broke. Graves opened, can you say amen? Verse number 52, the graves were opened and many of the bodies, now catch this, remember I said they were in paradise, their spirits were, but their bodies that were in the grave, suddenly they get up and they, they walk around uh, in, in the street they arose. The Bible said they came out of the grave, verse 53, after his resurrection went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Now, when the Romans, the centurions, the powers, the forces of evil that had dominated the world, when they that were with Jesus watching him, they saw the earthquakes and the things that were done, they feared greatly. And they said, truly, this was the Son of God. How many believes Jesus is the Son of God? How many really believe it? Just kind of wave at me, praise God. Amen. The Apostle Paul talking about the effect of the death of Christ on the cross and of sin on the world, said this in Romans 8, 22. He said, the whole creation groans, amen, and travails in pain together, waiting for the redemption of the body, waiting for the rapture, waiting for the saints to rise, waiting for the new order to be set up after the marriage supper of the Lamb, which is seven years in heaven, and the tribulation on the earth, which is seven years in the Antichrist, and all of that and the plagues and the judgments of God. The earth is waiting for the day when the king comes back and sets his feet on the Mount of Olives and begins to rule the world in Jerusalem. Are you hearing me? The resurrection of Jesus is more than just an event of history, although it's the most documented fact of history, the resurrection of Jesus is. I want to tell you it's an ongoing resurrection. Everybody that believes in his name is raised from the dead. The Bible said we were all dead in trespasses and sins. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages, the payment, the penalty of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. All of us kind of have our little sins we like to frown on. We like to frown on drugs. We like to frown on alcohol. We like to frown on, uh, you know, alternate lifestyles, homosexuality, lesbianism. They're all sin. Hello? But I want to tell you, the Scripture said that all of us have sinned. And can I tell you something? You don't go to hell for using drugs. You don't go to hell for drinking liquor. You don't go to hell for being a lesbian or a homosexual or a transgender or I don't, or I don't know what I am. You go to hell because you're not saved. It's that simple. If we can get you saved, we can deal with the other issues. <laughs> Are you with me? And so all of a sudden, Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is dealing with the fact that the resurrection guarantees life. It's the most important event. It's an ongoing event. People have been being saved ever since then. How many of you say amen? Do you know it's been 43 years ago I got saved? And 43 years ago, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then about 42 years ago, I started preaching. And this has been a lifetime experience for me. And I've preached this gospel on different continents and in different countries. And I've seen people of different nationalities, of different backgrounds. 
I've seen people in regions where their family values and core values are greater and better than what they are in the United States, but I'd watch the Holy Ghost sweep over a crowd and people would realize I'm dead and I need Jesus and suddenly resurrection power would bring them to a place of eternal life, uh, to a place of salvation. There were those preaching that there was no resurrection. And so Paul begins to deal with the consequences of what they were preaching if it were true. He said in verse 13, he said, if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, listen, our preaching is vain. And your faith is vain. Can you say amen? And uh, he went on and said, if Christ is not raised from the dead, your faith is vain. You're still in your sins, no matter what you claim. He said, those that have died, believing in Jesus, if Christ is not risen, they perished. All of those that we thought made it, they didn't make it. Are you hearing me? If in this life only we have, Paul said, we have hope in Christ. If this is all there is, we're of all men most miserable. But here it is. But now is Christ risen, hallelujah. Paul said, I can base my whole life on this fact. He's alive, amen. Paul would say he was seen by the women, he was seen by the disciples. Then he would say he was seen by over 500 at one time. And then finally he'd say, as one born out of due season, I saw him as well on the road to Damascus. I would, can I tell you, I've seen Jesus, glory to God. Can I tell you, I've seen him, amen, when he changes lives. I've seen him when souls get saved. I've seen him physically standing in front of me in visions and dreams. I've seen him in the scripture. I've seen the power of his name break bondages that nobody else could break. Come on, somebody. I tell you, the risen Savior can deliver the drug addict and the alcoholic. Amen. He can deliver the adulterer, the fornicator. That one hooked on pornography. You don't have a bondage. You're not in a tomb that Jesus cannot bring you out of. I'm here to tell somebody, today there's hope in Jesus Christ for eternal life. Give him praise, if you would. The resurrection of Jesus from the grave was the defeat of death. Listen to the victor's shout. 1 Corinthians 15, 55. Oh, death, where's your sting? Oh, grave, where's your victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. Here it is. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you just a little bit about what the defeat of death means today. I mean, it's a historical event when Jesus rose from the grave. But for over 2,000 years, that resurrection power, can I tell you, hundreds of billions have been saved because of the resurrection power of Christ. When I start thinking about this, the defeat of death, Amen, was the defeat of death as far as soul winning is concerned. If Jesus hadn't rose from the grave, soul winning would be effort, would be, would be futile. Think about it. 
the story that we learned about the woman at the well of Samaria when Jesus walked, amen, most Jews would go around Samaria because of the prejudice. But he walked right through Samaria, came to Jacob's well, which was one of their most holy sites. And there was that woman there, amen, that had been married five times and was living with a man at the time. She was there at noontime because women always went early or late to get water. But because she was ashamed of the way she lived, she went in the heat of the day there to get water. She felt like she was an outcast. Nobody wanted anything to do with, uh, with her. The Bible said in verse number seven of John four, she came to draw water and Jesus said to her, Give me to drink. <laughs> Amen. And you know the story. The disciples were gone away into the town uh, to buy meat. And the woman of Samaria couldn't understand. She said, how is it that you being a Jew would ask me for water, amen, a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. I'm talking about soul winning here. Listen. And Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God, can I tell you, if, if you knew who it was that says you give me to drink, you would have asked me and I would give you living water. Do you know the rest of that story? She left her water pots. She got living water. She got saved. She ran down into the town where everybody you know, looked down on her and wanted nothing to do with her. And the wives looked at her husband saying, you better not be looking at her. You better not be talking to her. She ran down into the town and said, I've met a man who's convicted me of all my sin, who's told me everything that I've done. Can I tell you, it might be a little uncomfortable in church if you're trying to hide your sin and you're feeling the pangs of death upon you because you're in a grave of bondage. You're in a grave of sin. And she said, I met a man that, amen, told me everything that I did. And then she said it. She said, is this not the Christ? Hallelujah. And that woman got saved. But if he don't rise from the grave, that's it. No more preaching. He's a false prophet if he don't rise from the grave. His blood has no power. Man, I don't know about you all, but when Trina was singing this morning, thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. I felt my socks trying to come off my feet, my shoes trying to kick off. I was, <laughs> Woo! I'm glad it's real. Can you say amen? There's some boys sitting back there in that corner over there this morning. That nine o'clock service, and I was preaching. And that, at first, you know, they was like, I know them. They're rebellious. They didn't want to listen. They was trying to stay occupied. But then all of a sudden, resurrection power began to present itself to them. And I looked at them, they're sitting there looking at me like. <laughs> and Mike, I didn't know why I'd done it, but I told him, I said, you all don't know about this. Some of you never would never imagine this. But I said, I got drafted in 72 and went in the army and started hanging out with an old redneck from the state of Alabama in the military. And I said, we started drinking Maker's Mark whiskey and, and chasing it with beer. I said, we drank every morning and we drank at noon and we drank at night. And I said, I'd get up in the morning and look outside to see if my car was there because I couldn't remember how I got home. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You might say, I can't believe that. I was in a grave. I was on my way to hell. And if not for a praying daddy and this lady sitting back, 
back here and some other people praying. I'll never forget today, my grandmother, rest her soul, found out I'd been drinking and how much it disappointed her. Amen. And I told them boys, but I said, I want to tell you one thing. 43 years ago, I met the Son of God. He was alive and he brought me out of the miry clay. He lifted me up. Glory to God. And one day we had the altar call and people got saved. And I'm back there getting ready to go shaking hands, got the mask on. One of them young boys walks up to me and he's bigger than me. And I'm looking up at him. He said, can I talk to you? I said, yes, you can. I said, what do you need? He's looked at me and looked around. And he said, I'm a drinker. And I don't know how to stop. And he said, every time I get upset, or every time I get frustrated, he said, I start drinking. He said, I don't know what to do. I said, I've just been telling you, the man I'm talking about will set you free. I said, he'll save you. Glory. I said, is that what you want? He said, that's what I want. <laughs> and he came back in the sanctuary and he got saved. Hallelujah. I mean, Jesus brought Zacchaeus out of the tree. The Bible said that Jesus in Luke 19, 1, was passing through Jericho and there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was chief among the publicans and he was rich. Let me tell you about him, he was a tax collector. Now he didn't have a respectable job with the IRS. He betrayed his own people and he went in league with the Romans and he taxed his people and took about all they had for the Romans and what they had left, he took it for himself. Can I tell you in a, in, in a politically correct way, the whole community hated his stinking guts and he climbs up in a tree <laughs> and he said he sought to see Jesus. He could not for the press because he was of little stature, which means he was vertically deficient. That's a polite way of saying he was a dwarf. Oh, I'm not supposed to say that. We're online, forgive me. And he ran and climbed up in the tree because he wanted to see Jesus. You hear me. You may be in a position in your life, whether it's a job or a crime or an addiction or a lifestyle or you've got a problem with pornography. One time a man called me and said, I need to come talk to you. I said, come on out. He said, I want to meet you in the office. I said, all right. He said, I don't want nobody else to hear our conversation. I said, all right. He came out to the church. He's a married man, got family. I've known him for years. I'd have never thought anything about it. I said, what's going on? He broke down and fell across the other side of my desk and said, I've got hooked on internet pornography and it's destroying me and my marriage and I don't know what to do. Harabo Sataya. Come down out of that tree, Zacchaeus. It doesn't matter what you're, what you're caught up in. The man coming by, the man passing by. Can I tell you, Jesus got out of the grave. And when you walk into the house of God, are you getting the company of a born-again believer? Amen. Buddy Turner was here preaching in a mission service from Harlan. And he was talking about going to Russia when the iron curtain fell with Clinton and it opened up. And he said, I'm walking down the street with my interpreter. And he 
said, a Russian woman comes out of a liquor store and she's got on a print cotton dress. He said, kind of like what I've seen my grandmother wear and it had big pockets on the front of it and she had a big bottle of vodka stuck down in each pocket and Buddy said, we're walking by and said, she starts shouting at us and starts yelling and he said, my interpreter's saying, oh glory, oh thank you Jesus, oh glory, oh glory. Buddy said, I don't know what she's saying, she's, she's screaming at me in Russian. And uh, but he said uh, he looked around the interpreter and said, "Well, what's she saying? She's coming right behind him." He said, "She's saying." man of God, you convict me of my sin. I need help. I'm an alcoholic. I need to be saved. He didn't, she didn't know who he was. Are you hearing me? You never know when the spirit of the living God, the resurrected Jesus, the Holy Ghost, is gonna find you wherever you are trying to hide your sin and he's gonna say, get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Come out we all just take about 30 seconds and shout that Jesus is alive glory hallelujah whoa he says Zacchaeus come down today I must abide at your house Let let me hurry in Luke 19 and 10, the scripture said, the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. You don't have to be none of the things I mentioned, sir, ma'am. You can be successful. You can be a Bill Gates millionaire. And one day Jesus lets you realize you're in a grave. You're lost. You don't have hope, Amen. The resurrection of Jesus gave credibility to the preaching of the disciples. Acts chapter 2, you know the story. I won't, I won't go there, but amen. When the Holy Ghost fell and they began to speak in tongues and preaching the great works of God, all those different languages, and they come running together and said, what in the world is going on here? What does this mean? Acts 2.41, amen. The scripture said that, but back up Acts chapter 2.22, the Bible said, you men of Israel, hear the words, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and signs whom God did in the midst of you and yourselves know you having been delivered by the determinate counsel and the foreknowledge of God. You have taken by wicked hands and you've crucified him and you've killed him and slain him and whom God has raised up having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he could be held by it. Do you hear what I'm telling you? I mean, you can go to Mecca and there's a million Muslims walking in circles around that tomb where the dusty bones of Muhammad have been for about, I don't know, about 1,200, 1,300 years. There's still, the bones are right there. He's dead. He's always going to be dead. I hope they, they, they probably hate me for saying it, but I'm going to say it. I've been to the garden tomb outside the eastern gate <laughs> in Jerusalem, Israel. Been there twice. He ain't there. They said, he's not here. It's right on the wall. He is risen. Glory to God. That's why we celebrate. This ain't about the bunny, baby. This is about the Savior who got up out of the grave. I'm not going to preach real long today. Some of you have ham to eat and chicken to fry. Let me go on. When... Jesus got up out of the grave. 
I want you to know that it was not only the defeat of death as far as preaching is concerned and the gospel and people being saved, but it was also the defeat of death as far as miracles concerned. I was reading this in John chapter 1 and verse number 14 this week, and amen. It said, He was the Word, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, even as the glory of the Father. And in chapter 2, the scripture said he goes to a wedding at Cana and he turns water to wine and they bear it out to the ruler of the feast. Verse 9 said, When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants drew the water they knew, the governor called for the feast, uh, of the feast called for the bridegroom and said, Every man at the beginning sets forth the good wine and then when men get wasted, they bring forth the cheap stuff. That's not what it says, but that's what it says. But you've kept the good stuff till now. And the Bible said in verse number 11, look at this, the beginning, this beginning, somebody say the beginning. This beginning of miracles, miracles, did Jesus in Cain of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. If Jesus doesn't get up out of the grave, that's the end of miracles. But Peter and John are walking into the temple gate and there's a lame man laying there, been there all of his life, begging for money. And Peter says, and John says, look upon, look upon us. And he looks, holds his cup up. And I said, we ain't got no money. But what we have, give I thee in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. He didn't get up and say, wow. He jumped up. He went leaping and shouting and running. I just don't understand why you people shout, Caroline. Miracles still happen. Amen. Years ago when we first started this church, my wife, most of you know this, some of you may not, she had an eye that was damaged when she was an infant. She was blind. Her eye was damaged. And one eye, we're sitting in church one Sunday, the Holy Ghost moves, and all of a sudden God opens a blind eye. Hallelujah. Amen. The day after Christmas 2012, she had two major debilitating strokes. The doctor looked at me, the chief neurosurgeon at the University of, Hospital, University of Kentucky Hospital, and says it'll never be any different. This is all it's going to be. She's drawn, her face is drawn, her whole left side's gone. He says that's all it's going to be. 30 minutes later, the power of God moved in that room. She's perfectly healed. <laughs> Glory. That would not have happened if Jesus hadn't got up. The third thing I want to tell you, that the defeat of death was defeat as far as ministry of the church is concerned as well. If Jesus, if there's no resurrection power, the church has no authority to minister. In Acts chapter 1, the Bible said, Luke began to write, and he said, The former treatise, have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, back in the gospel of Luke, until the day. That he, in which he was taken up after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles that he had chosen. Somebody say, after his resurrection. To whom he had showed himself alive after his passion, after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And then he says in verse four, being assembled together with him, commanded them, don't depart from Jerusalem, but wait, wait for it. I dare you say it, wait for it, wait for it wait for it, 
That's what the church needs. We try to get ahead of God. We need to wait for it. You don't need to preach till you wait for it. You don't need to teach till you wait for it. You don't need to sing till you wait for it. Wait for what? For the power of the Holy Ghost to come upon you and the anointing and the resurrection power to empower you. Amen. He said, don't depart. Wait for the promise of the Father. Verse five said, John truly baptized with water, but you're gonna be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. Verse eight said, and you shall receive power, authority. That's exousia, dunamis is explosive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the other most parts of the earth. And after he had said these things to him, he was taken up. He left him. I want to tell you today that Jesus is alive. Amen. No matter what you're bound in today, he's here to set you free. And I mean, I'm, I'm so glad that you came to church. Roy Rodas was in our first service. I knew Roy Rodas' parents, Bud Rodas, Cecil Bond Rodas. I knew a lot of his family. Roy's 77 years old. And Roy was here in the six o'clock service and he came back at nine. And Roy said this morning, he said, can I testify in the six o'clock service? I said, yes, sir. He said, 15 years ago, I came here on Easter Sunday. No intention of doing anything. He said, I didn't come for religion. I didn't come to get saved. I just came for family. He said, I drank every day. He said, I loved my beer and I didn't care who knew it. I mean, you go to his house. I'd been around him. He, he drank beer. He didn't care who was there. And he said, but that morning, something got a hold of me. All of a sudden, I began to see who Jesus really was. And he said, I got saved. Isn't that wonderful? But it goes on. He said, and I never drank another drop of beer. Never wanted no more alcohol. But he didn't stop there. And then he said a few years ago, he said, my wife and I, come on, Nick, to the music. He said, we went through the worst tragedy that you ever have to go through. Their son fell dead unexpectedly with a heart attack. And Roy said, but God was there. And he said, he held our hand and he walked us through it. And he said, we made it. We got through it. We know something about that, don't we? My brother Mike's here. Their youngest son, we lost him. Just 20 years old, just just a boy. Broke our hearts. I'll never forget that day. I'll never forget that night going to that hospital. I don't mean to bring up painful memories for Mike and Kathy. I just want to tell you who God is. That night at the hospital, I remember the, the utter hopelessness and despair, the brokenness. We, we just thought we've lost him. Sean, his brother, sitting right here on the front row. But the house where he was at, the lady was there, and he was, he was, he was a friend of this woman's child. And I'll never forget that she came to me and she said, "I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm grieving. I'm, I'm dying with this. I'm, I'm dying with them. This, this has killed me." I'll never forget that she came to me and she said, "I need to tell you something." I said, "Tell me." She said, "I used to serve the Lord, and I backslid." I said, "Yeah." She said, but when that young man was laying on my floor dying, 
she said I got on my knees and she prayed and she said I started talking to him and I held his hand and she said I told him can you hear me squeeze my hand and said he squeezed my hand and she said you need Jesus and she said tears ran down his face and she said I tried my best to lead him as best I could remember in a prayer and she said when it was over she said did you pray this prayer squeeze my hand he did she said do you believe it he said he squeezed her hand he did that helped me we got through that I wasn't in my office for four days dealing with the family dealing with the funeral grieving I mean the Moody family was a wreck when I walked back in my office after four days at that time I had a desk calendar that you'd tear the day off each day the day that we lost Shane that date was on there and I walked up and I started to tear them off to get current but when I reached to get that first one it felt like the Holy Spirit said wait look at it and it was Romans 10 13 whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved come on I fell on my knees in that office and I wept before my king and I said you're greater than death you're greater than any devil anywhere and I said forgive me for doubting for a moment I believe he's with Jesus Kathy I have that hope if all we have is hope in this life we're all men most miserable you might be looking at me saying well my family's all intact everything's in place it's all good we ain't got no problems you're in a grave you hear me I'm going to let you go in a minute you're in a grave if you don't know Jesus you're in a grave and you're going to hell you're dying you're, you're lost without God you have no hope of ever making it but he got up and he's telling you get up get up get up out of that grave come out of that mess no matter what it is no matter what you're you may not be involved in nothing that you even think is wrong but God's touched your heart you haven't been saved and this is your moment this is your time we all go through stuff Wayne and Vicky's back there I've known them since I was a boy Vicky known Wayne since I was a young man Wayne's been through a horrible battle with cancer so is my brother Mike been through stuff Jesus says get up out of that will you get up out of what you're in today will you stand with me Father in the name of Jesus I want to tell you this where does this leave the church when Paul said all those things about the resurrection in 1 Corinthians 15 is one of the most powerful chapters to affirm the resurrection. Where does that leave us? The last verse, he said, Therefore, my beloved brethren, talk about the church, be you steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. May all these years of preaching all these years of ministry, them built that great church. My daddy, 
drove that old school bus to the inner city of Indianapolis and hauled hundreds of kids out of there to that house of God. Amen. And then they built that church where they pastored until he left this world. I'm going to tell you, it's not in vain. God won't forget your, your labor. But this morning, those of you that are here that are not saved, or you've gotten away from God, you've backslid, you've grown cold in the Lord. Resurrection powers confronted you this morning. He's alive. How many believe Jesus got up? Wave at me. He got up. What are you going to do with Jesus? Now that you know he's alive, you either have to accept him or reject him. If you reject him, you have no more promise that you'll ever have another chance to accept him. If you accept him, you can walk out here and live forever. Like I said, if you can defeat death, everything else is a cakewalk. There's people in this room, 30-year drug addicts, that got saved and are living a wonderful life now. I'm not making this up. You can't make this up. It's real. What ain't real is the lies the devil's telling you. But you don't need this or you can make it without him. And said I hope you enjoyed today's message and will tune in again next time. Raising the Standard is the media ministry of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. For more information on the various outreaches and ministries of the Richmond House of Prayer, please visit our website at www.rhop.life. Thanks for listening.